Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Venezes. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. I am really so excited today to have Paul Gampe, the CTO of Console Connect, and today he's going to cover network as a service, software-defined cloud interconnect, and more importantly, how all of this connects into a blockchain model in billing and settlement. So I'm really excited about this episode. Paul, welcome to this episode. And if you don't mind, could you please share with our listeners what is Console Connect or who is Console Connect or what you guys do, and also a little bit about your background about yourself. By the way, Paul is uh, broadcasting us right from Australia right now. In beautiful Brisbane, we're in the winter year, but you're in the summer over there, I think, right? So finally just started to cool down a little. We've had a pretty hot summer. So, um, but my background, so my name is Paul Gamp. I've been with, uh, PCCW Global that we use the brand name Console Connect now, uh, for just over five years. So we started off as a Silicon Valley venture capital backed startup on this hypothesis that enterprises needed to take control of their network. And we'd done a couple of raises of capital. And in 2017, as we were doing our Series C fundraising activity, we were approached by a number of different parties with a view to acquiring the technology team and the product. And PCCW Global was the one that did the acquisition. Um, if Mark Helpfinger was here, he would say that Console Connect acquired PCCW Global, uh, which I'm very grateful for him to say. Um, prior to that, I'd worked in uh, Red Hat for about 12 years as a VP of engineering. So a lot of experience in building operating systems. And before that, I was involved with the regional internet registries, uh, relocating the Asia Pacific Network Information Center from Japan to Australia back in the 90s. And before that, um, operating the first internet service provider in Japan. So really lucky to have had a career pathway that's put me in networking and in software and now having this luxury of being able to do both uh, with with a network the scale of PCCW Global. Uh, I think the two topics, software-defined cloud interconnection and network as a service, really sort of um, typify where we are today in terms of this evolution of software-defined networking, you know, which began in the 2000s. So the two things that I would describe separately, software-defined cloud interconnection, it's a term that was coined by Gartner to help describe and the evolution of enterprises' adoption of public clouds, whether that be Amazon, Google, Azure, et cetera. So what we, I've, my personal experience has been the enterprises that moved your initially development workloads to cloud, they've got some confidence in moving development workloads and then test workloads followed. And then finally we saw production workloads move to the cloud about 10 years ago. And with that transformation came a requirement to not only have compute as a service and storage as a service, but network as a service. If I'm a CIO and I'm moving a mission critical application into a public cloud, I'm probably not going to be confident having just using the public internet as a form of connectivity. So AWS came up with Direct Connect, Azure Express Route, Google Cloud Interconnect, Alibaba, Tencent, and others have equivalents. So software-defined cloud interconnection sort of introduced this forcing function where you needed an application which could orchestrate the public cloud by 
you're calling API endpoints in Amazon to provision Direct Connect, and also orchestrate the network of the you know, the connectivity provider. So that's been part of the evolution of the integration of Console Connect and PCCW Global. Well, well, thank you, Paul. That is incredible background. I didn't even know your background. So that is absolutely incredible and brilliant. Look, I think a lot of us are trying to understand, does is this network as a service, is this like the IAS idea where divine compute and storage, do they buy now network and is it more about not owning anything anymore and it's basically allowing a managed party like Console Connect handle everything and really I don't, as an enterprise, they don't have to buy any capital, spending capital is all an OPEX and subscription model. And is that subscription now usage-based, pay-as-you-go, or is it a fixed pricing? I think that is, I just read an article, people are wondering, will network as a service, they're talking about taking out, but that is one one that enterprises seem to be concerned about is that pricing model. Can you help our listeners a little bit more about this network as a service? And, and what do you mean by that? Yeah, and I'm not surprised to find myself and others are often confused by the term because I think it came about when this you know, software-defined networking vision occurred and open flow and you know, we were thinking about how could we separate the data plane from the control plane and a lot of the work that was done at Stanford University at the time as OpenFlow was beginning to emerge. So I think that's where this network as a service term began, but its domain was specifically focused inside the data center. So your, your local area network and not your wide area network. And what we've seen transpire since that network as a service term was introduced is that the value of the enterprise now sits outside the LAN. Most enterprises are exiting captive data centers and moving their workloads to SaaS providers or infrastructure as a service providers or platform as a service providers. So network as a service has had to evolve from managing the LAN to managing the WAN. And that's where Console Connect comes in as a value proposition because we're operating this global network with a reach to over 800 data centers, hundreds of cloud on-ramps to Amazon, Google, Azure, and others. And we can now provide the enterprise an API, a programmable system for them to be able to orchestrate connectivity to public clouds, to private clouds, to SaaS providers that are part of their critical portfolio of applications. So the term's obviously confusing because it's morphed over that period of time as we've seen workload move out of the data center and into the cloud. As an economic model, we're very much appreciating that the enterprise now perceives most of its technology is being delivered via OPEX. So you have a subscription to Amazon, you have a subscription to Salesforce. And to fit into that construct, we're offering both a plan and pay-as-you-go option or usage-based if it's a mobile connectivity into the Console Connect platform. So the procurement team of, of IT say, oh yeah, this is just my Console Connect subscription, just like my Amazon subscription. So whether it's infrastructure as a service or network as a service, the procurement and provisioning models look very similar. Well, thank you, Paul. That was really great. I think you articulated exactly, you know, software-defined networks. I remember, you know, with OpenFlow, as you talked about, and, and now how it's gone from the land to the land, and just super very, very clear. And I think one of the things 
what we listeners would like to understand is how does that now move to the edge and how does mobile 5G and mobility and IoT and how does the edge now fit into this network as a service? Great. And a small opportunity for me to do a bit of a showcase on our roadmap. So thanks for that. Um, two ways that we think that the enterprise needs to gain access to the edge is one, we're introducing an access edge product into console connect, which would allow the enterprise to literally type in their building address. And for us through our deep relationship with partners all around the world, do the swivel chair to provision that local loop into the console connect platform. And from there, their building connectivity will appear as just like any other port even if it had been provisioned inside a data center. So allowing to increase the total addressable market for the Console Connect platform by using the network-to-network interfaces that we have with our partners around the world, and then onwards into cloud providers or across the world, as the case may be. The second thing that helps us um, leverage the advantage of combining Console Connect's automation with PCCW Global's original network is the relationship that we have with mobile operators. So through that relationship, we can provide SIM cards to an end device, represent that as a virtual pool of SIMs as a port on our platform, and you can then click and point and connect that to one of our cloud routers. And from a cloud router, you can connect to branch offices, to Amazon or Google at the same time. So what I'm describing to you is the ability for an IoT fleet connected via SIM cards to connect directly to often IoT workloads in hyperscaler cloud environments and completely bypass the internet. And as an operator of some IoT devices, the security posture of being able to do that is fantastic because often it's my IoT fleet that I'm most sensitive in terms of their exposure to the internet and the risk that that creates. Wow, that is really impressive. And you nailed it on the IoT ideas and bypassing the internet. And it's really become the game now is you, you know, originally what I'm saying now is coming, the first mile is internet-based or IP-based, and then you hit the edge. And from the edge, you do all your processing, including the you know SASE, uh -huh. Secure Access Service Edge, where cybersecurity happens, and then you go from there into a very dedicated business network to all this clouds, like you talked about, hundreds of clouds you're connected to. So, yeah. real does Console Connect have edge compute there right now to handle those IoT and analytics that have to happen right there, and at the 800 pops you said around the world? Yeah, on our roadmap for this year, we have begun a number of proof of concepts with some close partners of ours. Um, so we work with a, uh, a really interesting, innovative, and hopefully we get the chance to talk a little bit about distributed ledger at some point, but there's a startup called Syntropy, which has a, an interesting approach to route optimization, which are distributed through our edge network. So exactly as you described, it's a small footprint in terms of how we think, uh, we could service that much larger market, but we have begun the work and we've got a good partner with, with some success stories already. Well, very, very impressive. Console Connect has certainly become the brand name I year everywhere I go. And so I really hats off to both yourself and even Mark, the CEO of PCCW, who I think is Console Connect uh, yeah, together. And I'm not sure how they all relate, but uh, well, that's probably for another day.
But hey, talk. Let's talk about. So we talked about the edge. So what is? And we'll talk to blockchain in a second. I think that's a really great point to get to. But now this APIs. How do you see this APIs interconnecting your edges with some of the fixed fixed assets of the local loops around the world? Um, do you see? I mean, APIs are within your whole footprint. I get it. APIs to okay. all the clouds. Now APIs to local loops, even right to all the different access providers. Can you talk a little it, about what APIs mean there? And I think we you know at MEF we've been doing a lot of work on the Sonata and the APIs interconnecting all of the ecosystems. So love to hear your thoughts on the API front. Yeah, and it was great to see that PCCW Global had already embraced MEF's vision around Sonata before we were acquired because that gave us a real good solid grounding in the intercarrier relationships and how MEF's Sonata API was evolving initially in mostly around quoting and then we're seeing that emerge into ordering but the fact that that api exists and is under continuous development it gives us that roadmap into okay how do we move into provisioning how are we going to address sd-wan and as you brought up earlier sassy so meth sort of laying the framework and creating a broad ecosystem of adoption over time what that has meant for us is that our api integrations are sometimes perhaps ahead of where the standards are and we're innovating and then learning and bringing that back to MEF. And so the way that I would describe it is perhaps three-tier. Our most complex API integrations is where we have a partner and they've chosen to integrate directly into our API. And so customers of their network would not even perceive that they're using Console Connect's network. And so they can provision connectivity to destinations on our network, whether that be from Shanghai through to AWS in Singapore. And that user journey or that network um, stitching all happens through API. And we have also integrated into their API, so truly bilateral, and we're able to provision connectivity into their fleet event destinations as well. So I think that's an example of the holy grail. You've got bilateral integration. The end customer wouldn't even know that they're traversing different networks. And I think that you and I both share that vision. So we've got some partners at that point. Then we have other partners who have um, often more domestically orientated. They've got thousands of buildings on net and they can present us with an API that may provide pricing, may provide quoting, may be able to provide ordering. And occasionally we're seeing an increasing number of those participants able to provide provisioning. And so we can use those endpoints to get to the access edge scenario product that I described earlier. So that's probably the second tier. And then finally, those would have really just using us for quoting and ordering and have begun to think about what it would take to do provisioning. Well, I think that is exactly the holy grail is basically stitching together all these networks in a seamless way of an ecosystem, but yet frictionless to the enterprise. They don't see all that stitching. And more importantly, it's done almost instantaneously. It's not yeah. waiting three, six months like in the past. It's done <laughs> in almost real time, right? And I, I know we've been not only doing the coding and ordering, but now we're in the operational aspects of the APIs, mm -hmm. all the performance management, fault management, and so on. But look, you talked about something very interesting. So we get to all of that. We get the quote ordering and all the operational provisioning and you know service performance management and fault management and all. We do all of that. But at the end of the day, everything has to be built. That ecosystem has to interconnect and build correctly. If they don't build correctly, then when you go build your customer, somewhere is a loss, right? So yeah. talk about why blockchain enables this capability. And also, 
you talked about usage-based on networks as a service. So if, if suddenly the part of the ecosystem, if you all have an offering that is usage-based, that is on-demand and changing resources dynamically, that affects in your ecosystem of partners, then that has to, has to be reflected somehow in a very accurate building model, right? Can you help us and listeners about how blockchain can solve this? Yeah, so I've been involved as the chair for the technical committee of CBAN for about two and a half years now. And it's a small community of carriers who've uh, committed to exploring opportunities to introduce distributed ledger technology to solve some of the problems that you've just described. And if I were to step back to what we've thought, talked through is part of this life cycle of connectivity management, you know, quoting, provisioning, and now moving into reconciliation and settlement. And so the, and up to the provisioning piece is pretty straightforward, right? You know, I want a service from San Jose to Singapore. I want it to be this capacity. I want it to have these forms of network attributes, and I'm willing to pay this price. So after that service is delivered, okay, now, now pay that price. So if we consider the role of automation is to be the full life cycle, we need some way to trigger and automate that settlement. And that's where blockchain, I think, has come into our thinking around how to achieve that outcome. So some of the work we've done, particularly around data on demand, is to take those attributes of utilization, encapsulate them onto a blockchain, and by an agreement between parties, trigger a smart contract so that we can move a either fiat currency or a stable coin between the two parties saying, this is what we agreed to. It's codified within a contract. The attributes of that service have now shown up on the ledger. And by agreement, we're now going to trigger a transfer of value between the two parties. It's very early days, but part of the opportunity of collaboration that we see with CBAN, and even in some of the work we're doing with MEF in particular, we see that chance of like-minded carriers coming together to acknowledge that if we don't start doing the research now, we'll never get to that outcome. And so we're in that sort of research phase of how distributed ledger can affect our business models. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. And I think, you know, I mean, you, when you say distributed ledger technology, for the for simplicity, we'll just call it blockchain. Um, the bottom line is, is that bottom. you just nailed the idea that as these ecosystem comes together, they can accurately build each other and yeah. and basically adjust resources as needed, but have that billing be very, the reconciliation be very accurate. And people think of blockchain as, you know, always, you know, Bitcoin and crypto. It doesn't mean that you're selling crypto, settling in crypto, right? It just means that you're handling the billing and settlement in some way that you can't dispute it because every transaction was stamped, corrected, and and basically, you know, allowing all the parties to say, yes, those transactions were accurate. So when I bill you, there's no dispute. And and then yeah. that's what you mean. So it doesn't mean settlement is in crypto. It means just basically that the bill represents the truth. Absolutely right, Pascal. And it's almost a, a sad byproduct that blockchains become synonymous with these cryptocurrencies when... In fact, they're the core underlying attributes of a distributed ledger that we can all see, 
the ability to instrument a legal agreement in a smart contract. These are fantastic attributes of blockchain technology that have got nothing to do with crypto. And it's all about, we've reconciled these, this service record. It is the service you delivered to us. Here's this next stage in terms of settlement. And that doesn't have to be through crypto. That can be through, through fiat currency. Well, Paul, you know, I want to thank you for this episode. It has been incredibly delightful to talk to you and to our audience. I think this has been a really great episode of what do we mean by blockchain? What is network as a service? And how are we providing a software-defined cloud interconnect model that we're seeing all over becoming very, very important. So basically bypassing the internet to get to all the cloud destinations with a very high quality network. And now the access could certainly be, you know, the first mile loop could be an IP or an internet loop. But certainly after that, you don't hit the internet again. And I think Console Connect has really been a pioneer in this whole vision, this whole game, and you're doing it in real life and you're very successful. And my hat's off to you. So congratulations and thank you so much again. Uh, great to spend time with you, Pascal, as always. Really enjoy the conversation. Thank you.